52 episodes, 52 ordinary people, 52 real stories about things that affect overall health. Because there is a lot more that goes into being healthy than food and fitness. Inspiration, support, a new perspective, and knowledge. You'll find that and more here on the HealthAbility Project. Hi, welcome to the HealthAbility Project. I'm Robin McKenna. Many of us, when we embark on what we think is our career path, have that path all mapped out with a big end goal in mind. Even if we don't have it all mapped out, we are filled with the notion of working really hard to advance. Sometimes we take that too far, working unsustainable hours, assuming unsustainable levels of stress, and sacrificing a personal life and more. And as life usually goes, there are other components compounding the impact to one's overall health and well-being. Here to share her story of how her career and her cancer diagnosis affected her overall health and well-being is Stephanie Vidal. Stephanie, a native New Yorker, began practicing yoga 14 years ago in Brooklyn to cope with stress and anxiety from her corporate accounting job. Little did she know that yoga and acupuncture would become a life-changing part of her healing journey from cancer several years later. Stephanie is a mom of two, a proud army musician wife, a yoga instructor, and is currently completing graduate studies to become an acupuncturist. Thank you so much for joining me today on the HealthAbility Project, Stephanie. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Robin, for having me. So Stephanie, when we were talking a couple of weeks back and you were sharing your story, I kept thinking about the fact that this is really a story of two journeys. One about how your career was affecting your overall health and well-being, and then your cancer diagnosis and how that played a part in your overall health and well-being. So if you could, share your story with us. All right. There was things brewing prior to the cancer diagnosis, so I'll back up a little bit. I can remember at least a year or two before that just feeling like the stress of work was coming to a head. I was always very like driven to be the best. And, and I found that in accounting. I loved the investigation of it. I loved talking to people. Um, and so I, I found this opportunity at my corporate job to that was unique to be able to work abroad in Paris for two years with a client that I was on. And I was really looking forward to that. And I was working 80 hours a week, commuting out of state to be able to seal the deal and have this opportunity. And at the same time, the stress was sort of building up. There was something that happened that for political reasons, I wasn't able to go to Paris the year I thought. And so that was a big slap in the face. And it sort of shook me because I really thought everything was certain and I did what I could to make it happen, but it still couldn't happen. And that that block just like rattled me and brought my anxiety and stress to a head in a way that was just not healthy. But it was one of the biggest awakening moments I can see now because 
it led me down this path to really like investigate the root of this anxiety and this uncomfort, discomfort and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I started seeing a therapist who suggested I practice yoga and that seemed like a really wonderful option. Then I started doing it and I started to like unravel a bunch of things that were just kind of keeping my heart closed and hardening my heart. I started to like soften a lot of these things and and look inside and, and quiet down and look at myself. And so that that's how it began. So in this process of going to therapy and going to yoga, you're using tools to help you unwind and, basically let go of this path that you were on that seemed to not be serving you or became a bone of contention into serving you in the way that you should be served. And obviously it came out through the stress and anxiety. Yeah. I think the best way I can describe it is I was putting everything into that basket of, of work, defining everything. And that idea that becoming a a partner or a CFO or whatever the end goal was, was just like everything, was just everything. And that, then that overrode taking care of myself. It overrode, you know, a lot. And then just like waking up to see like, maybe it's not like, maybe it's not. So during that kind of process I, I ended up like like loving myself, starting to taste what loving myself could mean. I, I started to date and I never did because that was just a waste of time. <laughs> the old me <laughs> thought that was a waste of time. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was so serious. I still am, but um, I ended up going to Paris like a year later and um like leaving the love of my life. I met him six months before I left Mm. and and I left, I left him. And as part of the visa process to complete the the work visa qualification in Paris, I had to do like a medical examination and there was like a red flag in one of the tests. and, And I came back to New York and in the process of doing more testing and diagnosis, that's when I found that I had cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I was 26. Wow. What what did you think when you heard that diagnosis? It was it was like a couple months building up to finally receiving the news. So but it's still a shock. I still get a pit in my stomach, but I was yeah, surprised still. Um everything you feel everything you feel everything but then still gratitude because of there's still gratitude because of you know the support system I had and love and love and finding love so no matter how it would end you know that the steps up until then I I was supported I'm always supported Mm -hmm. And so you said you you met your the love of your life about six months prior to heading off for this dream position in in Paris. And so you had actually obviously gotten to a point where you had 
allowed your heart to open up enough? And, and do you just attribute that to the therapy, the yoga and, and becoming more aware of the wider world, so to speak, outside of just being driven solely for a career and a title? Yeah, I, I, I had some more clarity on, you know, I think everybody has trauma to some extent, right? It, and it's not even, it's so subtle, it could be so subtle. But there is just definitely some ish, issues that I, from childhood, you know, it's it's hard to learn how to manage emotions. It's hard to sure. to know how to not be numb. Yeah, you know, we do certain things, and I was realizing that work and working so hard was just you know a coping strategy and a numbing strategy, and that while seemed to work. Um, it wasn't really working. Right. In in retrospect, you see that. And, and obviously you got to a point where you realized it wasn't working. And that's really interesting, though, that you, you use the word numb or numbing to avoid other things. You pile on things that are going to distract you. And you got to a point in your life where you said no. <laughs> and, and in walks this man into your life. Did you happen to notice as all of this was unfolding and and the trajectory of your life was actually changing that you were feeling more joy or more happiness or lighter or freer or like, okay, yeah, let's leave that behind. Yeah, I was just thinking that one (laughs) (laughs) myself. Like, that's exactly it. Like, it was just fun. Like, it was just lighter. It was joyful. Um, even before I was diagnosed with cancer, but then even once I was diagnosed with cancer, like he made it fun still. And I, I have remember this still moment of continually reminding myself that like stuff, this, your life is better while you're going through chemo. Like you're enjoying life. You're seeing the daylight hours when in busy season as an auditor, I wasn't. And if your life is better while you're like going through cancer treatment, then you really like seriously have to do something about it once this is over. Wow. That is an amazing epiphany. And so did you, did you start making your list right then and there? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I wanted to like, kind of like stop doing that because that's like the old me energy, not old me. I have to embrace it, but like that could the need to like know the next step wasn't very healthy for me and continuously try to, you know, remind myself like the answers are not in that old pattern of being stuck in the head and micromanaging. It's actually like being more in the heart and allowing the flow and the greater wisdom that comes from your higher self to like guide you, not like, oh, okay, like here's plan A, B, C, here's, here's plan C, sub C. Like I could do that all day in an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> like, I tried to do that. I tried to do that for um, after I did, because I made my spreadsheet. I found it the other day for like going to social work school, oh. um, which I ended up abandoning for good reason. And then and here I am in acupuncture school, but like, it's so funny. Like, it's like, you can't take that. It's, it's good for some things, but. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of, it's a journey of knowing yourself and also saying to yourself, okay, we're going to, we're going to kind of 
pause that for a moment and we're going to take this journey of trust and just see what happens. And that's really hard for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. So that's great. And and getting comfortable with that is, is, you know, it's not an overnight thing, right? You just didn't wake up mm-hmm. one day and said, okay, yeah, I'm okay with, with the uncertainty and not knowing. It's getting comfortable with taking the journey. And you had to have a great partner to take that journey with. I'm sure that was part of the battle. You you had somebody to do that with. Yeah. I mean, uh, unconditional love. It was. It's so healing. I mean, when you really have someone that looks at you and says, you know, you're beautiful, like with your shaved head, like people are looking at you on the subway <laughs> because you're so beautiful. And I'm like, are you, I look pale, like my eyebrows, you could barely see them. But yeah, you're probably right. Cause this is Brooklyn and <laughs> Nobody's even looking at anybody. <laughs> Everyone's looking oh, at their phones. That is great. That is so great. So when did you, where in this journey did you become a yoga instructor? It was, I think it was um, after I completed chemo and then I finally felt, you know, stronger. I went back to my practice and it was somewhere around then, like a year or two after that. Yeah, I did the training, wasn't really thinking about, you know, teaching because I still was working in accounting, but it just, it, it meant so much to me in the healing journey. And I, and I discovered like the yoga for cancer and how it could just, the meaning of the practice changed before it was like, okay, I really had to deal with that, like young kind of intense energy. And then to like, kind of actually find even more stillness and peace and the stillness and the therapeutic aspect of it so it was like it's always the practice has always been my my friend in that way and even through motherhood it's been that it's been what I needed it to be and it, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of yoga I, I remember mm-hmm. taking my very first yoga class I was similar to you in a very high stress, high demand job. And uh, I went with a friend of mine. I did not know a single Sanskrit word. And I just kind of peeked at what everybody else was doing to do the poses. And I came out of there and I thought to myself, this, the physical benefits aside, the mental benefit was amazing. And I couldn't get to another yoga class quick enough. (laughs) And uh, so it's, it's interesting to hear you say, you know, the experience that you had and how you view yoga and, and how it works for you. And, and it clearly worked as even a a stronger tool for you as you, as you went through the cancer treatment. But I want to back up for a second, because you said that you came back from Paris, you got the diagnosis, you're obviously going through your journey and you're still employed. Clearly you must have scaled down your responsibilities or, or taken another position? What unfolded on the job front and how did that end up impacting you? Did you notice feeling less work-related stress? That was another like really conscious and gut intuitive decision. I had been used to being like doing multiple things at once and, you know, saying I can do it all. But I knew in my heart that I actually needed to take a leave from work so that all of my energy, mm-hmm. mental, physical, could be focused on healing. And so I said, I I need to step away and not even work. And I heard many comments from other people 
oh, I like, you know, I, I worked through my cancer, whatever. I needed the distraction. But like for me, I knew I, I couldn't. And that was another of the best decisions I ever made. I think that's also too, I hear the story more and more often about people making changes professionally because of the state of their health and well-being. And, you know, really, obviously, everybody's circumstances are different. But, you know, to be that in tune with yourself to say, I'm sacrificing the, the, the career or the paycheck or, you know, the, the duties and responsibilities that I so loved, because you know what, my health and well-being are more important. And this is this is a long term investment. Not everybody can make that decision or knows that they can make that decision. Yeah, it was really hard to trust that financially things would be okay, but I did. And they are. Yeah. That's amazing. So when did you decide to, you said you were pursuing a path along uh, social work, but then you changed over to acupuncture. Why acupuncture? Along with yoga, it, it's been just a major part of my own healing journey. Um, I, when I was practicing at that studio in Brooklyn, there was a student there. We were all sort of like a family sangha. And uh, I just remember my first treatment with her and then I just never stopped going. Um, you know, you start for one thing and that, that was stress also. And then you just keep unraveling. And it was just, she was the perfect, like, cheer for me. She would just literally hold up a mirror of compassionate love. And and I would figure out what layer I needed to work on. And it was just, I've never been able to, like, unravel that in that such a beautiful way. You know, not just by talking, but also, like, deep in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that seals, I don't know, somewhere along the way, I, I, oh, yeah, it would make so much sense to, like, go to acupuncture school, like, no, you're just doing it because, uh, like, I don't know, I I questioned it, but ultimately, I'm here, because it's such a deep medicine, and so many things that I've seen in Western medicine don't help you on such a deep level. They really yeah, it has its place, but it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful medicine, Chinese medicine. It's uh, it's holistic, and that is a. I mean, this this would be a topic for another podcast, but you know, Western medicine is not necessarily in tune with holistic healing. It's more about the symptom or or just one particular area. Um, but again, that's that's a whole other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or podcast entirely but so where are you now you have two children now you've been married a few years and uh you'll get your degree soon with acupuncture yeah I, I graduate in august of this year every day just try to keep it all into perspective because it's so easy to lose that perspective and get caught up you know in the busyness but and if you could look back to when you first started out on your career and what you thought would happen or your plan, as we, you know, we all have that plan, right? And, and look at yourself now, what would you say? I would say 
it's all good, you know, it's all good. It's been hard, but I think even in those moments of uncertainty and just fear, whatever I've gone through is definitely part of my healing journey. And hopefully I'll be able to help my own patients have some, it's, it's not, it wasn't for nothing that hopefully it wasn't for nothing. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And uh, just such a different, you're in such a different place now than you probably thought you saw yourself in when you first started out on the journey, but, and clearly some tough decisions to make along the way and tough challenges. But, you know, as you said, it's all good and it's all worked out well. Yeah. And just to keep reminding myself too, that it's like, sometimes it's hard not to like, think if things are going well, like what is going to happen that it's going to be bad next. So that's why it's like always about coming back to the present moment period. Yeah. And not, not worrying too far about what's out there. Yeah. There's no point. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much. This was an amazing conversation and just an amazing journey. Thank you so much for sharing it with, with me and with our listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Robin. I hope that it helps someone out there in some I'm small sure way. And that's, that's the goal of this podcast. If one person hears the story of one of my guests and it helps them, then I've done my job with this oh. podcast. Sorry, the other thing I wanted to share is um, also not my biggest piece of advice would be to listen to those intuitive nudges that you get, particularly about your health. And if there is one doctor that won't listen, then find another person to give you another opinion and just, yes. That's great advice. That's great advice. I think we often ignore intuition and that's I mean, just even the few people that I've interviewed the past two months, it's repetitive stories about having to do exactly what you just said, go and find somebody else. And because intuition is just too strong. So (laughs) thank you very much. Listeners, if you like today's episode, please like us, share us, tell your friends about us. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach me at thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today at the Health Ability Project. We'd love to hear from you, so please email us your questions, comments, or suggestions, including future guests, to thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. And please like us, subscribe, and share us with your friends.